0: That's what you did to town. Welcome in. This is Bleck and Abdallah. You guys have the night off. Tyler rocky sitting in from 6 to 8 with you here on ESPN 1000. If you missed Chris Bleck and Adam Abdallah today, be sure to check out the Black and Abdallah podcast. They were in for greenie today from 10 to noon. Chris Bleck will be back with you tomorrow from 6 to 8 p.m. right here on ESPN 1000. Talking Bears and more with you, 312-332-3776. If you want to jump on into the conversation, I want to get into some stuff with Ryan Poles today. You know, Ryan Poles has a blank canvas that he is getting set to paint on this offseason. With everything at his disposal, the resources are at an all-time high for Ryan Poles. You look at the number one overall pick, the most coveted draft pick that you can have, he got it and has a chance to do whatever he wants with it now is that stick at number one is it trade it what kind of offers are we going to see start to trickle in with the bears over the next couple of months here it's going to be interesting to watch and we talked a little bit about it on waddle and sylvie about the different teams that need quarterbacks and really how many quarterbacks are going to be available as well this offseason and how that could maybe dilute the market and potentially hurt the bears in their quest to move that pick but I digress here because there's still plenty of other things that you can do to improve your football team. One of the other things, of course, is through free agency. Well, the Bears have a ton of cap space there to work with. You've got over $120 that you've got at your disposal here. You're basically going to be given the chance to win any sort of bidding war in the free agency period on any player. The only thing that can hurt you, it feels like, is going to be the franchise tag that other teams may impose on some of their players. So Ryan Poles has that working for him as well. Not to mention the fact that the Bears also have nine draft picks for this upcoming draft, a number of which were accumulated by Ryan Poles when you think about some of the trades that he made this offseason, last year, in years past, um, to go out and try to acquire more draft capital to make sure that he would have a stock of players That were his hand-picked guys. And I look at what the Bears are building for this upcoming season. There are a ton of holes on this roster that need to be patched up. But I, I look at the opportunity and the slate that Ryan Poles has ahead of him right now. And I think to myself, you know, it's pretty tough to mess this up. It's pretty tough to mess this up. And if he does somehow find a way, I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying it would be extremely difficult for him to mess this up, to at least not get the Bears to a respectable level from what we saw last year, the team with the number one overall pick, to what we hopefully see in 2023, a team that is in contention for a playoff spot. I think it would be very tough for this Bears team to not be looking at at least eight wins for 2023. Because of all the things that you need to fix up here with this broken-down roster, I think the going from bad, which you see in a lot of spots right now on the Bears roster, you see a lot of second, third-string guys littered across both the offense and the defense right now, to just merely average. And I know the free agent list may not intrigue a lot of people when you look at a number of names that are set to be eligible to hit free agency In a little over a month now. The list may not intrigue you. But a lot of those guys are still a significant step up from what is currently on the roster. Getting guys who are NFL starting caliber across the board. If you can bring more of those guys in. If you're Ryan Poles this offseason. I think it's going to make a dramatic difference. You're going to see the Bears win a lot more of those one score games. I believe they were one in seven in this past season. And the one was kind of hand fed to them too when Roquan Smith picked off a pass against the Texans at the end of the game there. And it, you didn't really have to lead a a two minute drill for this Bears, for that Bears offense. You just had to uh, get a couple yards here, center things up for Cairo Santos and let him do the rest. So there's that. And, On top of that, I don't think you'll see this team beat in as many of those one-score games where they're coming from behind. I think you'll see more of those one-score games where they're protecting that lead next season. Because if this team can get out to some of these leads, protect them a little more defensively, I think that was the biggest problem with the Bears. It wasn't the scoring that we saw. I know it dipped off a little bit towards the end of the season, But it was more so what we saw defensively. How many times did we see the Bears get out to a double-digit lead and then surrender it right after that? It was a lot where we saw the Bears get out to a healthy lead and then give it right back because the defense couldn't hold up their end of the bargain. If we look back to some of the years where post-2018, where the Bears' defense was good. It wasn't at that elite level that we saw in 2018, but it was still good to respectable defense. And we know defenses can drop off like that. If we had gotten, as Bears fans, games where they're scoring in the 24 to 30 point range, we would have been doing cartwheels because of what, the, what those sort of offensive outputs would do for for wins and losses for this team, it would have been a completely different team that you're looking at here, and that's why I say with Ryan Poles and what he's got to work with this off season, I think it would be really tough for him to not make this team leap from the three wins that it had last year to at least eight for next year by just simply making things average. So three one two three three two three seven seven six. How confident are you in Ryan Poles' ability to get this thing right for 2023? Get this thing going in the right direction. Because, yes, does this team have a long way to go to become a Super Bowl contender? Obviously. They were the number one. They've got the number one pick. They had the worst record in all football this past season. But I do think you've got a quarterback in place. You do have some positions where you're feeling all right about on this team. But by improving defensively, especially on the defensive line, I think you'll you'll see this team make the jump that a lot of Bears fans are hoping for and anticipating. I think you'll see the Jacksonville-type jump. Now, I'm not saying that necessarily means they're going to be in the playoffs for next season, even though I know Jacksonville is in the playoffs, but I would say that's more so on the account of the division that they play in as opposed to the... Uh, the true talent and how good of a roster they have. But to make the jump from the first overall pick to getting to the playoffs, I laid it out last, last week on this show, that sort of jump does not happen very often. It's only happened four times in the last 40 years. So what Jacksonville did was unprecedented last year, but they have the similar formula that the bears have. They had that same exact amount of, they had the same exact number one overall pick that the Bears have for this upcoming draft. They also had the most cap space out of any team last year. And I know people looked at one of their big marquee signings from last offseason in Christian Kirk and said, four years, $72 million. What the hell is that? That like, For Christian Kirk, what, what is that overpay that we're doling out for a receiver who really hasn't accomplished a whole heck of a lot? And to that, I would say, well, okay, yeah. Would I want to be the ones paying Christian Kirk four for 72 No, probably not. But he made that roster substantially better and it helped build around the quarterback. It's a big reason why that team's in the playoffs this season. So three one two-three three two three seven seven six if you want to talk Bears with us. James is downtown. James, what's going on? Hi,
1: great show. Enjoy listening to you.
0: Appreciate it, James.
1: A little confused though about your enthusiasm. I mean, you just kind of pointed it out. There are these you're gonna to have to overpay for mediocre free agents. The Bears need 17 new starters. Nine on offense, eight on defense. And if you read Lawrence Holmes' article in the paper a couple days ago, which was great, that the Bears are more concerned about optics instead of accomplishment, how they're, they're um, concerned about hiring uh, more black players. And I understand why. They're going to be able to get subsidies for that stadium with the more African-Americans they got on the team. And that is their goal. The Bears have been cheap their whole lives. They're going to get subsidized now. Everybody they hire, look at Tanisha Wade. Google her and her position with the Bears, and she's making football decisions. Well, she's if not making doesn't football decisions. If tell you that the Bears are more concerned about optics, I don't know what it, does, what it tells you. It's, it's annoying as a lifelong fan that they don't care about accomplishment. They care about optics.
2: That's well.
0: It. well Isn't Kevin Warren an accomplished human being that they just brought into their organization?
1: He's a hypocrite. He shut down the Big Ten. He's a hypocrite because he shut down the Big Ten for COVID, but it was okay for his kid to play at Mississippi State. You don't think that's hypocritical?
0: How is that hypocrite? He wasn't the one making the decision for the SEC.
1: Well, if he was so concerned about the Big Ten needs to be shut down, shouldn't he tell this kid you shouldn't be playing? He thought it was all right for his kid to play and not worry about COVID, but he shuts down a whole league. Come on, that man, conversation is being
0: that. That conversation that he is having with the Big Ten is not his sole decision. That is something that is being sourced around the entire league, and that was something that was a conversation that he had had with all the administrative people within the the confines of the Big Ten. So I wouldn't say that's hypocritical. That that was col- a collaborative decision that was made upon. And I think the, the the thing with commissioners is largely they will be unpopular at the end of the day, but at the end of the day, they're unpopular because they're taking votes for a lot of different instances there. So 312-332-3776, uh, if you want to get in on the conversation here, talking about Ryan polls where's your confidence in what he can do to build this Bears team. I do have a list here of the best rookie classes from 2022, and maybe it will give you a little more confidence in what the Bears are trying to build moving forward here in 2023. We'll give you that coming up next. Tyler Rocky sitting in for Black and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000.
3: This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. Black and Abdallah are back on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago.
0: All right, we're off and running here on Black and Abdallah. Tyler Rocky sitting in for the guys tonight. If you missed them, check it out on the Black and Abdallah podcast. They were in for Greeny earlier today from uh, 10 to noon here on ESPN 1000. talking Bears and Ryan Poles. And I'm looking at what Ryan Poles has at his disposal, the resources available. And it really makes me think it's tough for him to truly fail. Now, he may not get all the way and hit on every single thing, but it it makes it with the amount of resources at his disposal here. I'm not saying he's going to hit on every single signing he's about to make. He's not. He's not going to hit on every single draft pack draft pick. That's just the nature of being a a general manager. But I think that with the amount of chances and opportunities that he's going to have to sign players and to draft players this season, I find it very, very tough to believe he's going to be a flat out failure. I think things would have to go real haywire if that were going to end up being the case. For Ryan pulls this off season. But what do you think? Three one two, three, three, two, three, seven, seven, six. I just think with all that cap space and with all that amount of draft capital and having the number one pick and the ability to trade some stuff too, I think it's very tough to see him go out and be a an absolute failure from the general manager spot for this upcoming off season. Let's check in with Ron. He's in Bowling Brook. What's going on, Ron?
2: Hey, um, Good to hear you on the radio. I see you on TV every once in a while, but you're you're a pleasure to listen to, man. Where just where
0: would you, where'd you really see me on TV, homework. Ron?
2: Oh, you've been on TV with Pat Boyle before, haven't you?
0: Oh, that's not me. No, 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 no. Oh. I, I could oh. not. <laughs> Pat Boyle. I mean, he has got he's got the best hair in television. He oh. wouldn't let me on television. No chance.
2: <laughs> so what I was wanting to say, I saw earlier today, Byron Leftwich was let go from the Buccaneers. Do you think there could be anything for the Bears to look at him, or or do you think they're set with the way they have it set right now? Is that Getzey the OC?
0: Yeah, yeah. So Luke Getze is the offensive coordinator right now, Ron, and okay. I, I think the Bears. It, it would be a demotion for Byron Leftwich here, and that's something that oh. I don't think he would be like, okay. even though he's been fired from the offensive coordinator post. Let's not forget last season he was getting head coach interviews across the league okay he was i'm not gonna say he was the bell of the ball in terms of some of the Mm -hmm. offensive minds that were being looked at for head coaches but he was in the thick of things for the opportunity to get an offensive coordinator or or a head coaching job i should say Um, and even when it came down to when bruce arian stepped aside from the bucks it was down to bowls and Leftwich. i think those were the final two in the the discussion to be the bucks head coach so i don't think the bears Listen, I, I would love to see Byron Leftwich as the, the quarterback coach for uh, for the Bears. I mean, it coaching with, good with Tom Brady, Brady for all those yeah. years. Um, but I just don't think it's feasible. I think he would get an offensive coordinator yeah. job, and I really think that Luke Getze is a good one that the Bears already have in place. Okay. Appreciate the call, all right. Ron.
4: Thanks a lot, man. Yep,
0: all you right, have bye-bye. a good night. That's Ron in Bowlingbrook here. If you want to jump in, 312-332-3776. David's in displays. David, what's going on?
4: Yeah, I'm calling about the caller who suggested some of the Bears' hires were to get subsidies based on race. It was absurd and offensive. We, we just landed one of the best candidates for president of the Bears who's got tremendous experience not only at the professional level and building a, or getting a stadium built, but just in leadership roles. And I, the call was just pretty sad.
0: No, I'm, I'm with you there, David. I mean, it, what I saw from Kevin Warren's resume That was as good of a resume as you could bring in for a a president for this franchise, especially with a stadium project on the horizon. I'm with you there. All right. Thank you much. You have a good call. Uh, Have a good night. Thank you, David. Uh, Matt is in Streamwood. Matt, what's going on? Hey,
2: Tyler. Thanks for taking my phone call. Tyler, I heard you before saying that you hopefully think like next year the Bears can win eight wins. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many do you realistically think in this division, Tyler? Because, I mean, I know the past two years we have two wins. And that was against the Lions, and now they're way far ahead of us. And we've been 0 for seven against, I think Minnesota in the past three or four years, and we're like 0 for eight or nine for mm-hmm. Green Bay, and we're just now getting swept. And so I'm just realistically thinking, like for next year in this division, Tyler, I'm hoping at these three wins, and hopefully it's one win against each of the teams because they are so far behind, and we are like going to be the bottom seller of this division for a little bit until we get those defensive studs to get at those quarterbacks.
0: Yeah, and, and listen, I get that's a, a real concern there. No no doubt about it. Like You look at the division, it feels like the the NFC North is a buy right now, like a buy stock now in terms of what they can be. And I look at the Packers, though. Like you played a close game with them at the end of the season, and I'd imagine the Bears are going to be – improving the roster more than i think the packers will i look at roster improvement for next season i think the bears will do the most of any team within the nfc north maybe within the entire league as well um just because of what you've got available to improve your roster so you look at some of the vikings games like the the game earlier in the season when they lost at minnesota that was a close game bears ended up losing by seven the last game tough to really take anything away from it just because of the, um, just because of the injury to Justin Fields. And he didn't play in that one. You, you played a really close game with the lions at home this season too, one that you're an extra point away from maybe going to overtime and potentially winning. And then, I mean, the last game you got thumped, no doubt about it, but week 17, I'm not, I'm not here to make excuses for them, but week 17, it felt like they had checked out and, and that's something that cannot happen with this team. Um, but I think also like part of my my what I'm factoring into the 8 wins here, 8 or 9 wins for this team next year is that you look at some of the other opponents. You're going to play the NFC South, which is one of the biggest embarrassments of a division right now in football. We good luck right now if we were to to guess the quarterbacks for who's going to be quarterbacking what team in the NFC South right now. Like you're working with four empty slots right now. In the NFC South, who's going to play quarterback there? It's pretty, pretty insane to see uh, what they're going to be going up against. So the Bears, you'd imagine, are going to have the quarterback advantage in every single one of those games against the NFC South. Then you also get the AFC West, and while I don't see the Bears going out and making any noise against the Kansas City Chiefs or even the Los Angeles Chargers, for that matter, I definitely think they have a chance against A team like the Broncos, who were a disaster this season after having aspirations of being contenders in the AFC. And then also the Raiders. They look like a team that's about to start from scratch and try to find a new quarterback and see what goes, see what happens from there. But maybe starting from scratch probably isn't the right phrase for that because there still are pieces on there, but we saw the disappointment. That was the Vegas Raiders this past season, so there's a lot of work to do there. There should be some wins to be had on the schedule, and oh, by the way, you play the last place schedule as well, so you get the bottom feeders of every single division in the NFC as well. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Chase is on the south side. Chase, what's going on?
4: Tyler, what's up, man? What's up, Chase? Not much, man. How you doing
0: tonight? I'm fantastic. What you got for us tonight?
4: That's good, man. I'm happy there. No, I man. I, I want to piggy first before I get started. I actually want to piggyback off with that caller, the the first one, uh, the guy, uh, the first one, mm-hmm. uh, the, the first call you had. The yeah. guy that was talking about the Bears hire uh, people off, you know, that potential, but because yeah. of the color of skin. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say, man, this is not the first. Uh, that guy, he's called. Um, he's made some idiotic calls before, because I hear him all the time. And to me, as coming from African americans that mm-hmm. was one of the most ignorantest, um, very disrespectfullest um, things to ever say. I mean, I could he and he actually, to be honest with you, he's actually called you know the other station, um, the other radio oh. station, the score, and made a similar comment. And they, uh, Bernstein Holmes, he called in and made some. He made a comment saying that, that the Bears should hire. I mean, the Bears should try to draft a quarterback, to a pocket passer, and move Justin to a running back. And they quickly hung up on him. So I'm just letting you know that he's made some ignorant. Um, I'm not gonna go there, but he's made some call, comments that were very offensive to black folks. So I'm just letting you know that. So well,
0: appreciate um, the heads up there, Chase. Yeah,
4: I'm just letting you know that because he was because sometimes when y'all not on with you know Greenies on, I switch over to the station and why, why are you switching station. off of Greenie? I don't want to hear about the Jets and the Cowboys and the I don't want to hear about what's wrong with Greenie. Oh man, I just don't want to hear about the Jets and the Eagles and the Cowboys. I, I'm Cowboys, Eagles, Jets—worn uh, out, fatigued. <laughs> but I'm just saying though, I I switched to it and I just listened. So I flicked, flicker, switch stations here and there. And he called that station and said the same thing that he just told you, and they he made the same comment, and they hung up on him. So I was just giving you heads up, letting you know that. And he's made some ignorant comments before, but I was just letting you know that. My next time I wanted to say was I was listening to um to Sylvie when he was talking about the quarterbacks, um the, the teams that I'd be trying to move up to grab QBs. There's another team to keep the to keep your eyes on that could be looking for a quarterback, and he and it's a wild card team. It's the Vikings, and the reason why I say that I know Cousins, you know, still under. I don't know his highest contract is shaped up, mm-hmm. but I'm noticing I you you notice Justin Jefferson. I see the way he looks at Cousins, and I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think he likes playing with Kirk Cousins. And I just, just, I don't know, I'm just keeping my eyes on that. Wait, so you don't because think
0: Jefferson he, likes playing with Kirk Cousins?
4: I don't think so, because if you look at Justin Jefferson's uh, body language, and you look how frustrated he gets, this has been going on for a couple of years now. And Cousins, you know, is not, you know, a prototypical quarterback that you can win championship with and I'm starting to notice that his teammates are starting to notice that. And it's just something to keep your eyes on. If the Vikings start realizing, like, where's our ceiling with this guy? I know he's making a lot of money. And I'm just thinking, like, and I'm, I'm just thinking, like, is there a possibility? I'm not saying this could happen, but it's two things to look at this. One, Justin Jefferson, I don't know his contract situation with the Vikings. I know he was drafted in 2020. I don't know his situation as far as where is he going to be drafted at. I mean, whereas it's free agency wise. But I'm just wondering, is there a possibility the Bears can make a move on him or sign him in free agency or whatever? Or a possibility that Kirk Cousins could be on the move because the Vikings would be looking to trade him. Is that a team maybe the Bears could maybe work out a trade with? I don't know. I'm just saying like it's something to just think about though. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm just saying it's something to think about though. Just get judging about what happened this season and why the Vikings finished I know Cousins played well. But I wonder if the Vikings are starting to realize where the ceiling... Cousins is only getting older, and the Vikings' ceiling of winning eh? is starting to close quickly. And you got to remember, this play coach, you know, he's a young head coach. These young offensive coaches always want to bring in their own quarterback that they can mold and develop. Mm -hmm. It's just something to keep your eyes on. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but it's just something to think about, though. I'll hang up and listen, though.
0: Yeah. I appreciate that, Chase. Uh, So here's the thing with what he was bringing up with Justin Jefferson. I did see that the Vikings have had initial uh, talks with Justin Jefferson about an extension. And I just don't see the Vikings wanting to trade Justin Jefferson within the division. I I can't see that happening. I know they've made a couple trades within the division, but we're talking about the number one receiver in all of football right now. I can't see them trading them to the Bears unless it was an offer they simply could not turn down so i I don't see that happening anytime soon tyler rocky in for black and abdallah here on espn 1000 uh we'll get to more of your calls 312-332-3776 and more uh nfl playoff stuff coming up next here on black and abdallah
3: you're listening to black and abdallah espn chicago You're listening to Black and Abdallah on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Listen to us now live on the ESPN Chicago app.
0: On ESPN 1000, Tyler Aki sitting in for the guys tonight. Chris Black Chris Black, rather. will be back tomorrow from 6 to 8 p.m. right here on ESPN 1000. They were in for Greeny earlier today from 10 to noon, um, sitting in for Greeny on the show today. I do want to get to more of your calls, 312-332-3776, talking Bears and Ryan Poles. What's going to happen? I also have one thought from each NFL playoff game that we're going to see this weekend. I'll bring those to you coming up at seven o'clock, um, and we have the song of the night as well at six fifty. Steve is in Crystal Lake. Steve, what's going on? Hi, Tyler. Thanks for having me on. Of course. What you got for us today? So I'm I'm
1: totally with you on you know roster improvement next year. It needs to happen clearly, but I also want them to. Be thinking about you know possibly stockpiling draft picks for future years, and you know if it's not if if, if something's not there for the right value this year when in free agency and, and picks or whatever, you know get yourself into a situation like the Dolphins or the Eagles where you you know you have some future round, you know future year draft picks where you can pounce on a stud wide receiver when he becomes unhappy or wants to move or whatever the case might be.
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you, Steve. Appreciate the phone call. And there was a a really good article on ESPN.com today talking about Howie Roseman, the general manager of the Eagles, and sort of the the construction that he did to build up that roster. And he talked talked a lot about, first of all, extending a lot of the guys that are within your organization. I do think the Bears have pieces to build around and guys that will be up for extensions. And I think just the nature of the Bears trying to reach a salary floor will be a big reason why we see them go out and extend some of these guys. But you look at a player like Jalen Johnson. I really like what I've seen from him over the course of the first couple seasons that he's put together with the Bears. Um, I think he could be a prime target that could be up for an extension this offseason. Another guy, Cole Komet. He took a big leap this year. Now, again, you have to get these guys at the right price, too. I'm not paying Cole Komet like a Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, someone of that ilk, I want to pay him at a level of, okay, Cole Komet, he's not a guy who's going to break away and break off some of these really big plays, but can he be a steady tight end that's going to help my quarterback? And maybe even you pair him with someone else at the tight end position, and you've got the the dual tight ends that we've seen be very successful across the league. Can he be that guy? Can he be a dependable red zone threat? I think he started to grow into that as the season went on and just grow into a dependable target that Justin Fields could match up with. So the the extension part of it is another thing. There's obviously drafting the quarterback, something that is hopefully for Bears fans, the quarterback of the future. That draft pick is in the rear view now. Hopefully that was a pick you made two seasons ago when you picked up Justin Fields and hopefully have cemented him as your quarterback of the future here. The other thing they talked about in here is going out and making some signings. One of the big signings that they did make this past offseason, them being the Eagles, was Hassan Reddick. They had him three-year $45 million contract. We saw what a game breaker Hassan Reddick was when he came to Chicago and was getting to Justin Fields a couple of times. And he even had the one where it looked like he had fields and then all of a sudden Fields pulled off one of his Houdini acts and made his way all the way down inside the five yard line on one of his highlight reel runs of the season. So yes, you got to go out, make the right signings. You got to go out, make the right extensions, and a lot of it, it comes down to what you're building. And another thing that the Eagles did was go out and accumulate extra draft picks. That gives you some at your disposals, disposable draft picks, if you will, to go out and make a big move for a guy like A.J. Brown. And this is when you have the number one pick and when you have the guy that you're gonna ride with that quarterback in place, I think it pretty much lays the groundwork for you to go move that and acquire additional assets. Three one two, three three two, three, seven, seven, six. If you want to jump in, talk bears with us here on ESPN one thousand. This is the perfect opportunity for Ryan Poles to go out and do that, flip some picks, get some extra assets in there. And I, I just think that the Bears, you're you're in a position where There's too much at your disposal to go out and make this a complete failure. It may not be a total success, but I don't think that you have all these resources at your disposal and end up making this thing an absolute failure of a project for Ryan Poles. You know, there's another article that I I stumbled upon today. This was from Pro Football Focus from this afternoon. They talked about the one defensive player, that each team in the NFL should target. And I scrolled down, got to the Bears section here, and you've heard me, if you've heard me fill in on this show this past week or in weeks past, that my biggest focus and the thing that I think the Bears need the most for this roster is going out and finding help on the defensive line. I know a lot of people say wide receiver, some people say offensive line. For me, it's the defensive line. You need to find a guy who can get after the quarterback and make life easier on your secondary. And that's why this article, I think, is very pertinent for what I want to bring up here. So the Bears, it has interior defender Javon Hargrave. Javon Hargrave from the Eagles, very, very good player. Big reason why they've had the success that they've had this year defensively. He's got 11 sacks this year, a pair of fumble recoveries, also has forced to fumble, knocked down a couple passes as well. And maybe most importantly, has played in 33 games in each of the last two seasons. Last year was a pro bowler. This year he put up another fantastic season um, that I'm sure will garner some accolades when things are all said and done. Now here's the thing with Hargrave. He will be 30. Let's say the Eagles get to the Super Bowl. He will be 30 years old. And if the Eagles don't get to the Super Bowl, he'll be 30 years old by the time things kick off next season. My worry is going out there and finding guys in the trenches that are going to be 30 or on the wrong side of 30 because that's the age where sometimes you see things start to go south in the NFL, especially with some of these extremely physical positions. And, I mean, just look a a perfect case of that is look at a guy that Bears fans are very, very familiar with. That's Akeem Hicks. He came to the Bears when he was 27 years old. And boy, did he make an impact those first three seasons with the Bears, right? 2016, seven sacks. 2017, eight and a half sacks. Then when that defense was menacing, seven and a half sacks for that team. He played in all 48 games over the stretch of those three seasons. Then he gets to his year 30 campaign. Five games played, one sack in those five games, and we see him go down with an injury, and he just never really was right after that. The next season, he played in 15 games. But his production was way down from what we expected out of Akeem Hicks. He just had three and a half sacks in those 15 games. Year after that, nine games. Missed some time with injuries there. So you saw it start to go downhill. The guy that I'm maybe focused in on and maybe a little more intrigued by is De'Ron Payne out of Washington. Um, you just think about age, too, as, as the other factor here. Payne is going to be 26 heading into next season. And I would opt for youth. Now, this is one of those things where the Bears can win any sort of bidding war that they want to in free agency. And De'Ron Payne's certainly a guy that you'd want to go out and win the bidding war with. However, there is also the possibility that the franchise tag comes into play for the the commanders because they're not going to be putting it on a guy at the quarterback position. Um, and Payne's been a very durable guy over the course of his career. He's only missed one game in his five year NFL career so far. He's gonna be 26 next year, coming off of a career high 11 and a half sacks with, uh, the Washington commanders this season. So that's the guy that I would peg. Um, that way you can go out, get an edge rusher in the draft and then address, I think offensive pieces are a little bit more easily traded for too. Um, just look at the nature of this past trading deadline um, when you saw all the different pieces that were moved, whether it was Claypool, whether it was a guy like T.J. Hawkinson. Um, I know the Bears flipped some defensive pieces, but I think that was more of a product of where the Bears are as a franchise and trying to accumulate draft picks right um, but yeah, and then you look at the past off season with all the quarterback movement that we saw, with the wide receivers that we saw traded. Those are the pieces that you see a little bit more active in the trade market. So I'd imagine we will see, and hopefully I hope to see, that the, the Bears will get to a point where they have the assets in the bank to go out and make a big trade, get a, a number one wide receiver here, or maybe even you find a way to draft one, too. All of it works. There's different ways to build football teams as evidenced by what we've seen from Philadelphia, what we've seen from Jacksonville, what we've seen from the the Jets and the Giants making their big improvements this year. I think that's the the thing that Ryan Poles, we're going to really learn a lot about his philosophy this year, because when you've got the ability to take any sort of path you want in team construction, that's what I'm most intrigued about. What, What are Ryan Poles' philosophies? Because right now I don't think we know a whole heck of a lot. You don't really glean a lot from philosophy when you're talking about a teardown of a team. I think you glean more of a philosophy when you're talking about building it up and getting it ready to to actually go out and contend. And that's what hopefully the Bears will be doing over the course of the next five, seven, and hopefully even longer than that, uh, years here in Chicago. All right. Coming up next, we'll have the song of the night on Black and Abdallah.
3: Black and Abdallah, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports.
4: It's Black and Abdallah. Follow us on the ground at Black and Abdallah and at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000.
0: Coming up in just a little bit here on Black and Abdallah. Tyler Aki sitting in for the guys this afternoon or this evening. It's dark outside. You should know that, right? Time flies, man. (laughs) It does, doesn't it, Jake? Um, We will also get you ready for this uh, divisional weekend in the NFL. I'll give you a thought. I've got one thought on every single game for this weekend. So we'll go through the AFC and the NFC. Unbelievably loaded slate this weekend. I'm I'm really looking forward to watching football this entire weekend. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Vidal is in Antioch. What's going on, Vidal? Hey, what's up, Tyler? Good to talk to you again, man. Thanks. Appreciate it. What you got for us tonight?
2: Yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, you know, this game is still won and lost in the trenches. We have to build from the inside out. But I think our biggest need is a defensive line. I'm good with Will Anderson. I don't pay a lot of you know. I won't lie to you. I don't pay a lot of attention to college football, mm-hmm. but the name that keeps coming out there is Will Anderson, maybe Jalen Carter. But boy, oh boy, do I want some someone that can be a you know absolute beast in the uh, in the middle of that defensive line to start things out. We got to get offensive help too. I mean, but you know, defensively is where we need. I think the most help. So, you know. The sexy thing right now is like trading back and getting a couple of bodies because we need, we need bodies. We need a lot. We need a lot. We need not just defensively but offensively as well. And uh, I just wanted to see what you thought about Will Anderson. He's my favorite pick right now anyways.
0: Yeah, I appreciate the phone call, Vidal. I, I would also lean Will, Will Anderson, but I don't really have enough of a preference. I don't think. I think this team's just got too many needs right now where, all right, if it ends up being Jalen Carr, great. If it's Will Anderson, fantastic. Um, I'm cool with pretty much whatever here. I mean, you and it's it's a sad state of affairs. If you're a Bears fan and, and that's what you're leaning on right now, is a uh, you're just kind of okay with whatever at this point. But that's honestly how I feel right now, just because this team needs so much help on the defensive side of the ball. Hey, maybe they trade back. Um, And it's somewhere in the the seven to 10 range, and you draft a receiver. Maybe you draft an offensive lineman. There's so many different spots that you can pick from if you're the Bears right now that I really don't have that big of a qualm with who they may end up picking. I just know it doesn't need to be a quarterback right now. There's too many needs on this roster for you. Like, there's always the great debate, right? Do you want the best player available or the best fit? And to me, the best player available is probably also the best fit. When you talk about the the wh- where the Bears may be drafting, because I don't think it'll end up being number one when things are all said and done. And Ryan Poles is officially on the clock to to get things going. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. If you want to talk Bears, you want to talk what their strategy could be, and, and even like Ryan Poles. What's your confidence level on him? We'll do all of that uh, in a little bit and also get you ready for this divisional weekend of the NFL playoffs because it is going to be a fantastic one. There are some excellent, excellent quarterbacks that are going to be duking it out this weekend. So I cannot wait to sit down, do nothing, and just watch football. But right now, it's time for the song of the night. I want to
1: rock! Turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because it's time for... What dial?
3: There, there's no dial on my
1: phone. Yeah, it's just an. Ah, exp- uh, never mind. <laughs> Crank the volume
0: because it's time for Black and Abdallah's song
3: of the night. Yo,
0: later. Tonight's song. Party on Fifth Ave. Max Miller is your song of the night. Here, Black and Abdallah. Ha, 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 ha.
3: I think, I think I see where
0: we're going this morning. Hey, hey. So why are we rolling with Mac Miller and Party on 5th Ave here on Black Dallas Song of the Night? Well, today would have been Mac Miller's 31st birthday. Mac Miller, uh, he's come out with some posthumous stuff as well over the course of uh, the last, what, year or, or couple of years here. But um, this song was always one of my favorites from Mac. It was never like one of the the like high profile songs, but like it gave a an homage to uh, his hometown of Pittsburgh. and I always liked seeing this get redubbed. like people would remake the music video for this song. I don't know, Jake, if you remember seeing any of that, but he would uh, there would be like teams or like groups that would go back to the parks around Pittsburgh and they would remake the music video for this song. Like I remember, uh, Pitt basketball did it one time. There's a lot of like Pittsburgh teams and Pittsburgh groups that would always do that stuff. Actually, this is the first time I've heard this song. This is the first this time is you've heard great. it. Yeah. Okay, so this is off Blue Slide Park, which was one of his biggest albums that he had. Came out in 2011, October of 2011. Got as high as 64 on the Billboard Hot 100, and like. Mac Miller, I, I'll never forget when Mac Miller died, because that was one of those moments where it was kind of like my generation of music and seeing those artists pass away and passing away too soon, obviously, as well, in the case of Mac Miller um, and just seeing the I remember I'll never forget. I was in college. I was a senior at the time. Um and just walking up and down the street because it was... Um, i looking right now, yeah. He, so he died on September 7th, so the weather was still nice out and it was just everyone sitting out on their porches with their speakers out, their Boses, their, their JBLs sitting out on their, their porches and just playing Mac Miller. It was like there was a giant Mac Miller concert going down Euclid Avenue for I was going to say, this was like the first artist, especially like our age, where it was a big deal that he died yeah. so young right like mm-hmm. this is the like you said the one that was so memorable yeah and you know yep. definitely a tribute to Mike Miller now yep mac miller your song of the night i wanna rock. hey
1: turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because dial- it's time for what dial
0: there's
3: there's no dial on my
1: phone yeah it's just an exp- ah, never mind crank the volume because
0: it's time for black and bella's song of the night
3: Yo, later.
0: We'll take more of your Bears calls in two minutes. And also, I've got one thought on every single NFL playoff game that we're going to see this weekend. We will do that in two minutes right here on Black and Abdallah.
3: You're listening to Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports.